With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Hey, am I funny? Do you think I'm funny? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, good. Just check. Sup, nerds? It's basketball. Welcome to Horse, all the fun of basketball without the actual sport. My name is Mike Schubert, and I am joined by my co-host, Eric Silver. Eric, how's it going? It's good. We're going to talk about the round sport. Yeah, that one, because no other sport uses a round ball. Only this one. (laughs) It's the only one. So yes, Horse is going to be a podcast where we talk about all of the things that happen in basketball, except for the wins, losses, and standings, because basketball is so much more than what happens on the court, like Twitter beefs, new uniforms, drama around the league, stuff like that. It's true. I told my mom about this podcast and she's like, oh my God, you should talk about Tristan Thompson and (laughs) Khloe Kardashian. Like she was trying to burn me. And then I was like, that's a really good subject for our podcast. That is something we would talk about. You can't burn me, mom. I have higher standards than that. Get (laughs) them. All right. So Mike, before we start, I think Mm. we need to prove why should they listen to us when we talk about basketball? So what are your credentials? First off, let me say that basketball is my favorite sport. I'm very fond of the way that they dribble up and down the court. Uh, I've been playing basketball since I was five years old, and I follow the NBA religiously. I follow lots of people on NBA Twitter. I check Reddit RNBA quite a bit, and I play basketball almost every single week. I have been propositioned to, quote, take this outside three different times (laughs) over my pickup basketball career, and I have politely declined all three. So so when I play basketball, I like to talk lots of trash and that makes people upset and sometimes make me want to go outside with them. And I don't know what they want to do out there. But yeah, I play basketball a lot. I talk a lot of smack and I very much enjoy following it as entertainment. I choose it over dramatic television programs like Game of Thrones because I think the NBA has that much drama in it. That's true. There's a lot less killing and incest in basketball. Yeah. (laughs) And much much more cheering and scoring points. (laughs) Also, they have that song come up and slam and welcome to the jam, which they can't have, (laughs) which they can't have on Game of Thrones. That was always a big draw away for me is with Game of Thrones because I don't watch it. And people are like, why don't you watch it? It's like, well, there's no chance for the (laughs) Space Jam theme to be played. So I'm I'm just out. Uh, (laughs) What are your basketball credentials, Mr. Silver? Well, when I was playing recreational basketball, when I was like 11, 
one of the dads of one of my teammates called me a young Charles Oakley. And oh. I didn't know what that meant. But in the future, I looked it up, and Charles Oakley was a very large man who would stand there and look intimidating. And I'm not a very large man, so I really appreciated that when I looked it up later. That's beautiful. (laughs) I also love basketball a lot. I like watching it. I like playing Hearthstone while I watch it, because it's nice to have something on in the background. Yeah, I think basketball just has a ton of wild shit. It's been around. It's like an inherently American sport. It's modern and it can change. And also you see all the players like they don't have masks on. You can get really close to the court. It's really quick. They can see the fans and the connection that you can make with them makes all the difference. That's great. So, yes, over the course of this podcast, our goal is basically to prove to anyone that you can just follow the NBA and its entertainment value. You don't even have to actually watch the games. So the good thing about what we're going to be creating here at Horse is that it should be enjoyable for people that are big old basketball nuts and just want to have a podcast that is a little sillier and less analytic based so that you can just laugh about the silly stuff that happens in the NBA. And for people that might be less familiar with the sport or are completely new to the sport, we'll sort of, you know, help you into the waters, dip your toes into the waters of basketball and the silliness of it. And you don't even have to like the sport. You can just like the crazy stuff that happens. Now, Eric Silver, you do have the same last name as Commissioner Adam Silver. Is he your dad? Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to check with my dad, Scott Silver, and uh. ask him if he is, in fact, Commissioner Adam Silver. <laughs> Commissioner Adam Silver looks like a very fancy Nosferatu. Or like a nice Voldemort. <laughs> <laughs> He's bald for everyone. He's, He's a bald, bald and like has man. a little bit like bat-like features like everything's very (laughs) angular yes which is sad because he looks like the vice president at an evil corporation in a disney channel original movie but he's so that's not his fault he's so nice he does very good things like he kicks racist owners out of the league he does very nice things yeah he's great should we get into the meat and bones of the actual podcast well hold on time out i'm (laughs) calling it time out (laughs) okay okay we both have two timeouts and we can use them throughout the podcast so this is my first one Okay. I wasted my first time out. I'm sorry. But I think that we need to set up some ground rules to sure. keep ourselves from falling into basketball and sports cliches. Okay. I like this. So let's start there. What's really interesting about basketball is that there's some really young men who play in the National Basketball Association. But we need to remember that they are 18, 19, 20, 21, or 22, like our years in college. Sure. So I think a rule we should make is anytime we make a hot take about uh-huh. a player who is 22 years or younger, uh-huh. we need to share a story about us in college. Okay. I like this. It should be like an embarrassing story, right? Because the whole point is to say the NBA is very strange in which 35 is ancient. Uh, And 22 is like, you should be established. But in real life, I didn't have my stuff together at age 22 at all. I still don't have my stuff together. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And we're at the fun age of like 26, 27 ish, where you are approaching your prime in the NBA. And you if you haven't gotten good yet, you're screwed. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So it's like, go go play in China instead. Yeah. Like, it's been weird for me to follow the NBA and like slowly get older because now the rookies look like babies and stuff. But now it's a really weird thing where you'll hear talking heads be like, oh, he's 26. He's a lost cause at this point. And I'm like, oh, Oh no, that's me. No one should have to carry the weight that some of these very young men do. Do you have an embarrassing story to share as an example? I do. Okay, so here's my example. I'm prepared. So if I were to say Donovan Mitchell, who is the star player on the Utah Jazz, Mm -hmm. he's like 21. He just left Louisville. So if I were to say Donovan Mitchell needs to step up and lead the locker room 
uh, or the Utah Jazz is going to fall apart. Mm-hmm. Then I would follow up by saying, one time in college, I had a beard and I shaved it off for a handlebar mustache for the entire weekend for my friend's birthday. Like his birthday present was my handlebar mustache and having it in public. And there was a time lapse of me getting shaved. Wow. I'm sure he really appreciated that gift. Yeah. I mean, the photos are all over Facebook. If you go back, go back far enough, you can see me partying it up when I was 22 with a handlebar mustache like Hulk Hogan. Nice. Good. Okay. Yeah. I like this rule. Are there any other rules before we move on? I do have more rules. Okay. Lay Hold on. on. Wait. Let me bring up all my rules. Oh, no. Oh, gosh. Is one of them that dogs can't play basketball? Because nowhere in the rule book does it say that, a do- <laughs> that dogs can't play basketball. You know, in my rule book, it says that dogs should play basketball. Oh, good. The airbud clause. That's true. Okay, I have another rule. This is more of a suggestion to make okay. things more accessible for everyone. This is the second time I'm bringing up my mom on my basketball podcast, which that, I love. That means it's good. I'd say, you know, it's good. Um, my mom calls uniforms costumes. Oh, no. no. Like, oh, no. <laughs> mostly she does this for football because, you know, it's a whole ensemble because you sure. have bottoms, tops, and then your hat. Mm-hmm. Use your helmet. So she really likes so the Cincinnati Bengals, who are, look like tigers. So it's orange and black and white. My mom's like, oh, I love their costumes. <laughs> so I think uh, that whenever we talk about uniforms, we should call them costumes. Okay. I have too much respect for NBA uniforms to call them anything other than uniforms or jerseys. So how about that's a self-rule for you to call them uh, all right, uniforms? I will do that And that's how you pay homage fun. to your mother, wife of Commissioner Adam Silver. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. If you're going to make a rule for me, I want to make a rule for you. Okay. If we're talking about a team that is involved in the wizarding arts in some way. Okay. So we're talking about the Washington Wizards or the Orlando Magic. Uh-huh. I think that you should try to fit in a Harry Potter reference as obliquely and awkwardly as possible. Okay. For anyone listening to this that is unaware, I host a Harry Potter related podcast called Potterless where I read the books for the first time as a grown adult. So I like this. So yes, the Wizards and the Magic both have, you know, Harry Potter-related-ish names. I'll make some sort of reference as soon as I can. For example, I could say that John Wall is the Victor Crumb of the Wizards, where he is the best player, but sometimes he's detrimental to the team's success. And he also dated Hermione Granger for a hot second there. Yeah, and that was weird because she was a teenager. This was not, why was this ever okay? She (laughs) was also fictional. (laughs) Yeah, right. Okay, cool. John Wall is also fictional. (laughs) No, no, he's so real. Uh, I don't know. uh, Yep, have you ever seen John Wall and Bugs uh, Bunny in the same room? room? (laughs) In Space Jam 2, Electric Boogaloo. Two Jam, Two Furious. Oh, you're Two Space, Two Jam. Two space, oh, God, <laughs> so, Space Jam colon Tokyo Drift. Oh, that well, that would be the third one. Yeah, okay, that's fine. <laughs> so, are there any more rules, or can we get into the show? This is the same thing that I would tell my youth basketball team that I'm going to coach in the future. Everyone have fun, play your heart out, and um, if you scrape your knee, I'll give you a high five to make you feel better about it. All right, I'll take that as a yes. We're going to have a couple of recurring segments on the podcast, the first of which we're just going to talk about news that is happening around the NBA. Some of it might be immediate and some of it might be something that happened pretty recently. We're going to call this segment Full Court Press. Get it? Press like the news, but also press like the defensive scheme in basketball? Ha! <laughs> I got it. I understand. Woo! Woo! 
Love a good pun. So the NBA playoffs are currently underway. At the time of recording this, it is the conference finals. Earlier in the playoffs, we had a very fun beef between Terry Rozier of the Boston Celtics and Eric Bledsoe of the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, Terry Rozier is an unlikely star for this story because he's kind of like the third string point guard on the Celtics. But due to injuries of his teammates, Kyrie Irving and Marcus Smart, he was thrust into the starting point guard role for the Celtics while they made this playoff push. And he, very surprisingly to some, started playing very, very well. So he kind of became a major figure and a big factor in the Celtics' success. So they were playing the Milwaukee Bucks in the first round. The media interviewed Terry Rogier about squaring off against Eric Bledsoe, who's the point guard for the Bucks. And Terry Rogier made a slip of the tongue and called Eric Bledsoe Drew Bledsoe, who is a very famous football player who had a very successful NFL career. And he had that very successful career in Boston. Eric Bledsoe took offense to this, even though it appeared to be an honest slip of the tongue by Terry. And after game five in the series, Terry Rozier made a game-winning shot over Eric Bledsoe. The media asked Eric about this. They said something to the effect of, what was it like guarding Terry Rozier when he's playing so well? Is it hard to match his intensity? Blah, blah, blah. And Eric Bledsoe said, quote, I don't know who the hell that is, uh, which... <laughs> Like, I understand what he was trying to do there. He was trying to show disrespect towards Terry Rozier by trying to say, like, I care so little about this guy that I don't even know who that is that you're asking me about. But here's a problem with saying that is that it, it makes you bad at your job because they're playing the same team up to seven times in this round of the playoffs. And they are the same position. Those two players will be facing off against each other the entirety that they're on the court for up to seven games. You should know who you're guarding primarily. Like, I guess I, we're just talking <laughs> about names. We're just talking about names, though. I always think about the NBA like it's different branches of one company. Uh -huh. And it's like if you were playing like field day against the Nashua branch, you wouldn't like figure out everyone's names. Even if you're going to play with them like over the course of an entire field day and barbecue. It's like, oh, yeah, that's Dave, I guess. I don't know. <sighs> but in theory, they're watching lots of film about Terry Rozier's game to know his tendency. They are, you know, Eric is doing lots of studying with his coaches about how to best defend Terry. You would think that his name might come up during this process. I get that he definitely is lying about knowing who the hell that is. I just think it is a funny way to try to act cool. Also, isn't that exactly what you would love to do if someone got your name wrong and then they like came up again? Like you just want to burn that person for not even knowing the most basic thing about you while you're interacting. Yeah, I mean, if I was Terry Rozier, I would dunk at that. I would say something later on, be like, well, he doesn't know who I am, which is a problem because he's playing against me. <laughs> like, I would have made the exact same snarky comments I've just made on this podcast. So the beef did not stop there, though. Reggie Bullock, who plays for the Detroit Pistons, who are not in the playoffs, and he has been a teammate of neither of these players, <laughs> <laughs> just decides to tweet, quote, ready to see IDK who the hell that is versus Drew Bledsoe tonight Two laughing, crying emojis, <laughs> which... Favorite thing about this is that Reggie Bullock has no horse in this race. He has no stake in this beef, but, but he was stoking the fire by making fun of the situation. And I just love it. It made me so happy when I saw that. I'm Twitter. imagining him. I'm imagining him on his couch, just like oh, icing, yeah. icing his knees, 
That's what basketball <laughs> players do. He has like two massive ace bandages. Reggie Bullock is a big man, too. So he's like, he fills up an entire armchair and he has both knees iced up. He's like, oh man, I'm going to tweet about this. He has nothing better to do. He's out of the playoffs. He's just like hanging out. He's just watching the game. He's legitimately excited for the game. So the Celtics host game seven of the series and they bring in Drew Bledsoe himself. They bring him in to the game and show him on the Jumbotron definitely because of this beef. The Celtics go on to win game seven. They advance to the next round where they are playing the Philadelphia 76ers. If you've ever watched a TV presentation of an NBA game, before the game starts, they always show action shots of players walking through the hallway of the arena, usually wearing these very colorful and ridiculous outfits. Russell Westbrook is known for wearing obnoxious things, but Russell Westbrook also invented wearing clothes to send a message because he had worn particular outfits to make fun of one of his ex-teammates, Kevin Durant. And other teams and players have done this too. There have been instances where teams have worn all black in a elimination game of the playoffs to signify that they were going to end the series or kill the series, calling it a funeral game. Uh, also, I've been doing air quotes every time my voice <laughs> changed tone there. <laughs> so it is not uncommon for players to try to send a message with their clothing. And Terry Rozier is no different. He came to the game against the Philadelphia 76ers wearing a Drew Bledsoe football jersey. Beautiful. <laughs> and the double whammy aspect of it was that the color of the jersey was Philadelphia colors. So in one outfit, he made fun of the guy that he just eliminated from the playoffs and alluded to the team that he's about to try and eliminate from the playoffs. It was masterful. <laughs> Where do you think Terry Rozier got this jersey from? A lot of NBA players watch some sort of entourage. I really hope that one of his homies sent him a text message like, yo, you got to wear a Drew Bledsoe jersey. Check this shit out. It's red, white, and blue, just like the Sixers. And he's like, yo, buy that shit. And then they're the only people to actually do that one day overnight AM shipping where it's like $112. I have seen that shipping option. I bought an enamel pin that was $10 and I could have had it shipped to me overnight early AM, which I think gets you before 9 AM for $112.56. That is hilarious he's like yo terry 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 i just got amazon prime i took it from my sister but i can use it and it's fine terry do you want this jersey yeah but i need it tomorrow two days is too many you got to overnight early a.m that stuff oh hold on i gotta talk to cheryl and see if it's okay if i use her account (laughs) she has an amazon gift card and i don't want to use it it just automatically applies to it i don't understand the u the ui of amazon prime i should really talk to them about that and send a bug report oh man so you would think that that would be the end of the story but there is one final note during one of the celtics press conferences which take place after games they brought drew bledsoe up on the microphone which shouldn't normally happen like oh here's a guy that is famous in our city but because of the beef they brought him up and drew bledsoe now has a very successful winery and he mentioned in this press conference that he's going to make a wine and name it after terry rogier and he's gonna call it terry (laughs) rosé And that is the story of how a tiny slip of the tongue turned into a ridiculous beef and then a budding friendship. (laughs) All right. I learned a lot. I actually did not know the thing about the wine at the end. Yeah, that was a fun little development that I did not expect to happen. I want all of our stories to end with wine. Can you make that happen? Or at least all of them to end with a pun, because that's truly what makes the wine aspect of it great. (laughs) That's good. Terry Rogier's nickname is Scary Terry. Scary Terry. Which is not a pun, but it rhymes. Sort of. Which is almost a pun. 
And I also want to know, I guess I need to look this up, but I want to know what came first, the Scary Terry joke in Brooklyn Nine-Nine or the Scary Terry joke in Rick and Morty? Because I have seen that sort of joke made twice, and maybe it even predates both of those shows. But yes, his nickname is Scary Terry. He now has t-shirts that have a cartoon version of him wearing the mask from Scream. And it's Very a good. scary Terry. <laughs> I think this just goes along with a lot of NBA nicknames where it's like mm-hmm. someone on the team does the least amount of effort, but like everyone needs a nickname. Oh, yeah. And it's like, oh, Terry and scary kind of they don't even rhyme. Yeah. N- nicknames nowadays are very sad because it's usually just your initials like KD, AD, KP. They're not as much fun as they used to be. Like when Carl Malone was the mailman. That's amazing because he was so good in the post. So I think we need more fun nicknames like that. I appreciate it when they realize that their uniform numbers fit with their nicknames. Like Paul George being PG-13. Exactly. Like, that's perfect. (laughs) It's like someone's like, oh, man, you're PG. Like, what goes along with it? It's like, oh, man, your number's 13. This is perfect. Serendipity, bruh. (laughs) Except PG-13 is like a weird nickname. Like, ooh, (laughs) only certain teenagers can watch your movie. Ooh. Paul George might swear and say piss. He can say shit as many times as he wants. He can he can only say fuck once per game. <laughs> PG thirteen. No nudity, but lots of car crashes. <laughs> Paul George. Oh man. Okay. How about you lead us into our next segment, Mr. Silver? Okay. So Mike, you might know this about me, but I like making lists and ranking things because okay. I think that certain things are objectively better than other things. Okay, like I am objectively better than you at NBA Jam. <laughs> That's hurtful, and I don't appreciate that you brought this up in front of our friends. <laughs> of all of our internet friends listening. That's true. People are listening. Mike Schubert is mean, and that was hurtful. And I beat the computer. He Okay, one time Mike Schubert <laughs> beat me at NBA Jam, and now he's going to... the arcade Like the arcade version, which is just like... It's like super 90s. It's like there are these... I don't know. I'm too flustered. You're flustering me, Mike. It's okay. Just when you beat me, which will happen at some point, you can make fun of me and this will be a recurring theme on the podcast. Let's just get into the next segment. (laughs) Okay. So I think things are objectively better than other things. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to make some lists of things that are wild in the NBA. And I have my three favorite and my three least favorite of those things. So I'm going to call this segment three on three. One, two, three, three, two, one, three on three. Bow, bow, bow. Okay, three on three, which is a fun form of basketball that is now becoming an Olympic sport. Is that true? Mm-hmm. That's three awesome. Three on three I love is that. going to be in the, what are the next Olympics? 2020, Tokyo? Really? Yes. That's cool. I hope they put Ultimate Frisbee in there because Ooh. 17-year-old me would love it if Ultimate Frisbee became a real thing. That would be very good. Yeah. And also if Dave Matthews would play at the Olympics, but that's unrelated. <laughs> So, Mike, I've put together the three least intimidating team names in the Ooh, NBA. Okay. Followed by the three most intimidating team names in the NBA. I absolutely love it. Can I guess what one of the three least intimidating team names is going to be? Yeah, go ahead. Is one the Utah Jazz? What? <laughs> I do have the Utah Jazz on here. Yes. yes. Okay, yes. Before you start, can I tell a very quick, amazing story about the Utah Jazz? Yes. Okay, okay. go ahead. So... I have a dear friend of mine named Akash, and for six months, he lived in Salt Lake City, Utah for a work rotation, and I came to visit him. 
And he was telling me that when he was looking for apartments in Salt Lake, he looked at this one Craigslist posting where it was these like bros that had a basement apartment and they were very bro-y bros, but the apartment itself was super nice. And at the very bottom of the ad, they said, by the way, we're big Utah jazz fans. Now, my friend Akash, bless his soul, is not very well-versed in sports, but he's very well-versed in music. He plays multiple instruments. He's in a choir. He does lots of things there. So when he saw we're big Utah jazz fans, he thought that these bros were aficionados of jazz music in Utah. And he sends an email to them. And at the end, he says, oh, by the way, I love jazz (laughs) with lowercase j and not the. Uh, I love jazz. (laughs) So clearly he's talking about music. And they had to be like, "Uh, we meant the basketball team. He did not end up living with them. But I did end up visiting him in Salt Lake City. And we went to a Utah jazz game. And it was a very fun time. Akash, my sweet summer child. Thank you for the story. Oh, man. Okay. So, Akash, this one's for you. Uh, My third least intimidating team name comes down to two teams, and these are misinformation team names. The first one are the Los Angeles Lakers, and the second one is the Utah Jazz. Right, because both of them were from other teams where the name made sense. Exactly, and they decided to keep the team names just for like history's sake Mm -hmm. but it's been like decades since these teams have moved and then you just look at these team names and you're like what are you doing dog like the utah jazz has had the music note that's not intimidating in the first place just like someone playing jazz especially in utah and the lakers like there are no lakes in los angeles california always has a drought problem and then no one like even puts together that lakers is because the team used to be in minneapolis which is you know Land of the Thousand Lakes, the Great Lakes. That actually makes sense. Yes. And the Utah Jazz used to be in New Orleans, which is very well known for its jazz music. That's true. Yeah, because the other thing is like, even when the Lakers and jazz made sense for their locations, at the end of the day, neither of those are intimidating at all. Like, oh God, music, ah, or oh no, a body of water with some weird creatures in it, maybe. Like, <laughs> neither <laughs> neither are particularly scary. Also, is a Laker a real thing, or is that just adding an R to a word that exists? I think it's just like a person who hangs out at lakes. That dude... Jake, of this Jake's body a real of Laker. That's Jake the Laker. He's good at wakeboarding. Oh my God, Jake the Laker with the wakeboard. Oh, so many rhyming opportunities. <laughs> oh, I wonder if this body of water is salinated, and also <laughs> if it has any sort of current. <laughs> These are just things that I think about when I think about basketball. <laughs> All right, we're moving on to number two. Okay. Okay, number two are the Denver Nuggets. Now, the Nuggets are an allusion to the city's mining tradition and the Colorado Gold Rush in the late 1850s and the early 1860s. And it was chosen by a Name the Team contest, as a lot of these have been chosen. And I really respect the rainbow costumes of the Denver Nuggets from the 80s. They're so yes. good. And like, that's another thing is like, you're building on just like Denver as a place. Like they have really nice sunsets. It's mm-hmm. rainbow colored. I love it. But when you think about nuggets, I think about chicken nuggets <laughs> and chicken nuggets are not intimidating to me at all. They are tasty though, but that's not, <laughs> but I'm not scared of chicken nuggets. Yeah, like, that's it. 
I don't even have a joke. <laughs> it's just like the, it's o- the, the only the only way you'd be scared of chicken nuggets is if you had to eat a comically large amount of chicken nuggets, which I learned the hard way. There was one time I was living in Houston with my buddy Edward, and we were both home sick from work. He was home because he was actually sick. I was home because I twisted my ankle playing basketball the day before, and it was a Thursday night when I twisted it. So for Friday, just to go to work, I would have had to go somewhere, get crutches and stuff, just to work for like half of a day. So I just was like, hey, boss, can I pretend I'm sick? And he was like, yeah, that counts. For lunch, we went into the freezer of our <laughs> of our apartment, and we had a full bag of dinosaur-shaped chicken nuggets. Oh, the best uh, kind. Because we were like, oh, hell yeah, because I think we had hosted a party and we forgot to make them. So we decided just to take the entire bag onto a baking sheet and cook them. So we each ate half a bag of chicken nuggets. And it's one of these bags that had like 50 in them. So we ate way too many chicken nuggets. And for 20 minutes, we were like, this is the best idea ever because we were playing Wii and eating chicken nuggets. And then once the 21st minute hit, our stomachs were like, no, 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 no. And it was a very bad three hours. (laughs) My follow-up question was going to be, hey, how many chicken nuggets are too many chicken nuggets? And I think you answered them. It's 25 dinosaur-shaped chicken nuggets. I think 25 is probably bad. Probably. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. <laughs> or an archaeologist, for that matter. So Also true. Knows? Yeah, maybe the shape is what did us in. It's true. If you got, like, star chicken nuggets, or if you just, like, regular, like, or nugs the smiley, or the smiley face ones? Aren't those? No, those are smiley face fries. Oh, you're right. They should make smiley face nugs. That's... <laughs> you're asking too much let's move let's move on i just want innovation elon musk stop being weird on twitter and make some smiley face chicken nuggets stop dating grimes and just make us some chicken nuggets and also public transportation please okay the number one least intimidating team in the nba is the los angeles clippers Ooh, just a big old boat it's just a boat <laughs> Just just hanging out. You're a boat. And what type of boat is a clipper? Isn't it like a fast boat that uses sails? Yes. <laughs> You're just like, what are some things that might be on boats? It's fast and it has sails. Well, it's not like a big intimidating boat or a cool boat like a yacht. It's just a fast boat, but not a motorized fast boat. <laughs> so a clipper is a popular type of ship during the 19th century. So like when sea power was pretty important. Mm-hmm. I think the implication is that clippers were used by pirates. Ooh. So that is what makes them intimidating. Like okay. the people upon or like like a navy or an armada, which also all of these would have been really cool names for Dude, the armada. A team. Can you imagine? Armada is such a cool word. How? OK, wait, just hold on. Listen to this. The Los Angeles Armada. That's uh, yes. That's amazing. I'm Isn't so tight. I'm so down. Yeah, that's so tight. And even if you short it to the L.A. Armada, sounds good. That sounds so dope. The L.A. Clippers got moved from San Diego by mm-hmm. super racist man Donald Sterling. Ugh, so in San Diego, the team that they were in the ABA, which was the league before the NBA that got mm-hmm. folded in in the 70s, they were called the Conquistadors. Whoa, and the holy shit. Yeah, the Conquistadors are kind of colonialist, but still pretty dope name. So you can yeah. follow on that. Like the Armada, which we just talked about. You could Uh be the Pirates, which is baseball. You can be the Buccaneers, which is an NFL team. So like people have done this. Or you can be like the Salty Dogs and be wild like it. I think Armada is the best of them because Conquistadors does have that 
somewhat negative connotation with it because they were mean to lots of people. But understatement of the last few centuries. <laughs> good, good, good. Uh, I think armada is a cool word. It's also one of those cool words where it sounds cool, but people aren't exactly sure what it means. They're like, that's a lot of boats, right? <laughs> but like, and you're they like, don't yeah, know exactly dog. what defines it. So they could make anything their logo and then they'd be like, yeah, that seems right. Like it could have one boat or it could have three boats and they'd be like, sure. No one's going to yeah. be like, well, actually, an armada is, you know, 20 or more boats of this size. You know, people just be like, oh, that sounds cool. Well, that was a great three on three, Eric. Okay. And well, no, no, no. I have more. I got more. I have more. Oh, right. Fuck. Those are just the bad ones. <laughs> yeah. We have to talk about the positive things, too. Balance <laughs> oh, it out, Mike. Good. I'm glad we started with the lame ones, too. Yeah. Okay. So this one also has a runner up because this one's not true. But did you know when the Boston Celtics first became an NBA team, mm-hmm. they were almost called the Boston Unicorns? Holy shit. Anyway, okay, so we're going to move on. So these are the top three most intimidating team names. And of course, this is my opinion, and therefore, it's completely right. (laughs) (laughs) All right, number three, I have the Philadelphia 76ers. Now, this might seem like a strange pick because it's more of a concept, just Uh referring to 1776. It's really unifying with the city, which I really love. It's putting the city on its back. It's patriotic. So their colors are red, white, and blue. But there is an alternate version of the 76ers logo. Oh, you do the voter die snake? No, 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 no. That's that's good. Which has Ben Franklin dribbling a basketball. (laughs) And it is dope as fuck. And you know that Ben Franklin can freaking ball. And I think that's amazing. And it's extremely intimidating. We know so much wild shit about Ben Franklin. Like Ben Franklin (laughs) had sex with literally everybody. Mm. Ben Franklin put together an entire nation. Ben Franklin would just like hang out in France and freak everyone out. And then come back and be like, had a dope trip. And also Ben Franklin can ball. (laughs) Out of all the... (laughs) Out of all the founding fathers, Ben Franklin, you want on your team, number one. I do like this as the 76ers, though, because this year they introduce a new logo for the playoffs. And they have a logo that's like the Liberty Bell, and it says yeah. 76ers on it. And that is normally in center court. But for the playoffs, they just added a snake, the join or die snake, like wrapped around it just <laughs> for the playoffs. And I thought that was so cool. It's that's really dope. an amazing move because it's like, here's a logo that we use from time to time. Here's a doper version of the logo because it's the playoffs. Oh, so good. The weight of American history makes the 76ers more intimidating. And that's why they slide in at number three on my list. Cool. Number two. This one is for you, Michael Schubert. It is, is it the, the New York New Knickerbockers. Y- it is the New York Knickerbockers. My favorite team. Yay. We're bah, so bah, bad. Bah. Oh, we're so bad. They're very, they're very <laughs> bad at sports. Okay. So you might be asking yourself, what the hell is a Nick? Uh, and I will tell you that it is not short for Nicholas. Mm-hmm. It is short for the term Knickerbocker. Mm-hmm. And Knickerbocker traces its origin back to the Dutch settlers in the New World who rolled in to make New Amsterdam, which is now New York, in the mm-hmm. 1600s. Specifically, it is the type of pants that the settlers wore, that they yes. were pants that rolled up to just below the knee, which was known as a Knickerbocker or Knickers. Ah, yes, I did know this. Is the namesake of the team because... Like people in New York would wear these pants. So thus the team is basically the New York New Yorkers. Yes, exactly. Oh, awesome. Uh, So there are these Dutch people, but like a lot of people come through New York around that time. So what solidifies Knickerbockers and Knickers to be New York? So in 1809, Washington Irving, who is the author who wrote The Headless Horseman, you know, who is just like hanging out in New York State. He decided to come up with a satiric history of New York. 
from the beginning of the world to the end of the Dutch dynasty. Oh, wow. <laughs> he also, because he was just like messing around with people, he's like, I'm going to make fun of New York because I can. And I live in Westchester. He took one of his friend's names, whose name was Diedrich Knickerbocker. That is he's a name. Like, that is a name. Then the book, The History of New York, became known as Knickerbocker's History of New York. Ah. So, the reason why I find this intimidating is that if someone decides to give themselves their own nickname, <laughs> you do not want to mess with them because they're probably going to fight you on it. And that is just a level of intimidation that I cannot get over. I also think New Yorkers themselves are intimidating as someone that grew up in New Jersey and went to New York a lot. And I should be moving to New York very soon. Hey. Uh, I... New Yorkers can be very abrasive and they yell at people, usually in a good way. Like, have you seen the way that New Yorkers have, like, destroyed that racist lawyer guy? I have. And then, like, the classic scene in the first Tobey Maguire Spider-Man where the Green Goblin is messing with Spider-Man. They're like, hey, yo, buddy, Spider-Man's one of ours. And they start throwing garbage <laughs> at him. Like, New Yorkers can be intimidating, especially York- provoked. So I definitely agree that Knickerbockers is an intimidating name. I like it. I hate it when teams go to play the Knicks. And then, like, they're trying to play defense, and then everyone in the audience is like, hey, they're walking there, and then they got to get out of the way. <laughs> oh, jeez. Hey, I'm balling here. <laughs> All right, what's your most intimidating team? Hey, I'm podcasting here. Get out of the way. Excuse me. New York, watch out. Wow, you Pizza. really do live in New York. Pizza and bagels. They're oh, the best. God. Please just tell me your most intimidating team. All right, I got my number one tick right here. Here you go. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, my number one pick for the most intimidating team name is the Golden State Warriors. Very good. So the Warriors itself is not the intimidating part. I think it's a very solid name. It's mm-hmm. just like, yeah, we're, we're mean, we're angry, but that's no difference than like the Bobcats or like the Tigers. Oh, I think it's a big difference than the Bobcats, especially because the Bobcats were named because their owner was named Bob. True story. I mean, like, in general, like, if you're coming up, uh, sure, okay, yeah, the yeah. Wildcats, if you're coming up with, like, just a generic team name, you're like, oh, this this animal could be ferocious. Like, this yeah. thing, like, the Vikings, they are ferocious. But I think it's dope, and this points out the fact that Los Angeles was in the bottom of this list. Why <laughs> I think this is number one is that Golden State is the single best way to describe your own city. It's, it's like, good. oh, yeah, we're in San Francisco and Oakland, but here's the thing. All of California roots for the Warriors. It's a lot better than calling themselves the Bay Area Warriors. Right. And it's Golden, like because Golden State just exactly. And Golden State just sounds cool. Like, it just sounds cool to say Golden State Warriors. Yeah. And it's, and it's a like a good, like, syllable breakdown of it, too. It's also when they refer to themselves as a city. So it's like. I don't know what city you're talking about, but it sounds important. It's like they're bringing everyone into the fold, which is also hilarious because there are three other NBA teams in California. I agree. I do like that it is like a ballsy move to be like, sure, there's three other teams in the NBA, but we're going to take the name of the whole state. I also really hope that when the Warriors move to their new arena in San Francisco next year, that they don't change it to the San Francisco Warriors because that is just losing an amazing team name. Is Are they really going to do that? That is a rumor that they might. They used to be called the San Francisco Warriors before they did this move. So there is rumors, but I think that there's going to be some pushback on it just because Golden State sounds really cool. And you're basically giving a middle finger to Oakland like, hey, we've moved the team out of your city and we're changing the name. 
That's wild. We keep fucking Utah jazz, but you're going to change from Golden <laughs> State to San Francisco? Like, come on, guys. It'd be very lame. It'd be very, very I'm lame. I'm going to call my dad, Adam Silver, and tell him not to do that. Hold on. I'm, I need to get on the phone. Beep, 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 boop, 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 boop. For this joke, I'm picking up my cell phone. You can't see it, but I'm definitely doing it. Beep, boop, oh, boop, yeah. boop, boop. Excuse me, papa. Please make sure that the San Francisco does not take over the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, I know. I don't want to meet Steph Curry. I already met him last time at the Christmas party. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Dad. Say hi to... <laughs> All right. Thanks, Dad. I'll see you later. No, I don't want to shoot hoops. We'll shoot hoops later. All right. Bye-bye. All right. I talked to my dad. It was fine. Cool. 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 Thanks, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Adam Silver, Commissioner of the NBA. He's, okay. That's Mr. Commissioner Adam Silver. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. My apologies. Yeah. That was good. This was a very fun three and three. I like it a lot. Oh, and... thanks, Mike. Your approval means a lot to me. <laughs> Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. I'm also very glad that you chose team names, because that has to do with what I chose for our final segment, which is called That Actually Happened, which is where we talk about NBA history that actually happened, surprising as it may be. So I can't believe that actually happened. It really did. So, Eric Silver, did you know that in 1994, the New Jersey Nets, which also incredibly not intimidating team name. It's uh, like if I was a salmon, I'd be scared. But other than that, no. I love that it's just like a piece of equipment for the sport. It'd be like if there was a football team called the goalposts <laughs> or, I don't know, a soccer team called the corner kick flags. <laughs> like, <laughs> so in 1994, the New Jersey Nets wanted to spice things up and they were considering a rebrand and they almost called their team the New Jersey Swamp Dragons. What? No. Did, <laughs> did you not know about this? No, I did not know. No. <laughs> oh, Strap in, because it's about to be a wild ride. Oh for anyone God. that wants to do a big deep dive, Zach Lowe made an amazing article for ESPN. He made a big oral history about this. The Nets wanted to switch things up. They wanted to find a way to increase excitement for the team, bring more people in. They thought a rebrand was the best way to do it. So you have a guy by the name of John Spolstra, who was the Nets president at the time. Okay. And he decided that he wanted to do a new team name because the Toronto Raptors a team that joined the NBA during that offseason. They had a couple names that they did not end up choosing with because of a fan vote, and they ended up going with the Raptors because of Jurassic Park the movie being very successful that year, which is the, the worst 90s. reason, the worst reason to pick a team name ever. So bad. <laughs> so, 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 so bad. But one of the names that they did not end up choosing was the Dragons. Mm. And Mr. Spolstra thought, wow, Dragons sounds really cool. I would like to rather be the Dragons than the Nets because who cares about the Nets? So he met with the vice president of the team, Jim Lamparillo, and they tried to discuss what the team name could be. They had discussed Dragons, but they wanted to try to get something that made sense locally. Like we were talking, a lot of teams will have local names that make sense with the city that hosts them. 
Okay. When he was asked about what locally they could pick, he said, quote, every time I look out the window here, I see this swamp. Every time I think of swamps, I think of swamp rats. What about that? He just said, I don't think that's very nice. What about swamp dragons? And John Spolstra loved it. He said, quote, dragons are mythical and fun. (laughs) And he got more people on board for this. So Billy Page, the former director of merchandise and product development for the Nets, said, quote, everybody likes dragons. Dragons are cool. They always will be. (laughs) I have so many questions about these grown men who run a sports team. One, did that hey have a Freaky Friday type situation where they switch bodies with their elementary school sons and daughters who think the dragons are cool and will always be cool and fun? Uh, Say that to everyone that watches Game of Thrones. It's all about dragons. I also think it's dope, but I don't just go around and be like, hey, you know what? Dragons are cool. They're (laughs) cool and fun. And they always will be. (laughs) Mike, there's only one thing I need you to know about me, Eric Silver. Dragons are cool and they will always be cool. That was two things. So John (laughs) was very persistent about this because he really didn't like the team name for the Nets. He said, we're the Nets. What is a net? It has no intrinsic value. (laughs) Which, like, there is intrinsic value in that you need the net in the sport of basketball to make it work. But I do understand what he's saying. So they brought the team name to David Stern, who was the commissioner at the time, a very corrupt man. So corrupt. (laughs) Very bad. They brought it to him, and Spolster said, quote, David told me, this is the stupidest fucking idea I've ever heard. And then David Stern was interviewed for this article, and David Stern said, quote, if they say I said that, I'm sure I did. So basically, they put it up for a vote with all of the NBA team owners. They needed a super majority for it to pass. It needed to be unanimous, effectively. But leading up to the vote, there were some people higher up in the Nets organization that got were starting to get cold feet because they didn't think this was actually going to get this far. So they, for a <laughs> while, tried to, instead of it being the Swamp Dragons, tried to get it to be the Fire Dragons. And John Spolster was like, no, we need Swamp Dragons. Like, he was no, very adamant. <laughs> Like, and he even denied the fire dragon thing. He goes, fire dragons didn't come from us. We wanted swamp dragons. Fire dragons are less cool than swamp dragons. When I looked out my window, I didn't see fire. I could have because things would be on fire. Well, he did say, quote, the funny thing is that swamp caught fire every summer anyway. The water would literally burn because of all the chemicals in it. Talk about fire dragons. (laughs) So it, it does actually make sense. No, they really should have been the fire swamp dragons. (laughs) So basically they put up the vote to the 27 owners in the league. They get the vote back and it's 26 to one, which does pass the supermajority. But David Stern did not allow it to pass. And John Spolstra asked why. And it's because one ownership group voted no against this name change. Do you know who that one ownership group was? Uh... No, is it the Toronto Raptors? Because they didn't like the name, like one of their cast off names were used. It was the New Jersey Nets themselves. (laughs) (laughs) I have so many questions. So John Spolster was like, wait, what? Huh? And David Stern was like, we can't let you change the name if your own ownership group said no. So yes, the Secaucus 7, which was the seven people that owned the New Jersey Nets collectively, 
basically voted against it because they just didn't think it was actually going to get that far. And when it came to the vote, they just got cold feet and were like, we can't change our name to something this ridiculous. Oh, my God. So it's very sad because if you look and the article has all the pictures of it, the logo was going to be like this obnoxious green and purple dragon. The entire uniform was a picture of a dragon. So like an outline of a cartoonish dragon took up the entire tank top. It was a time when cartoony <laughs> logos were king in the NBA. You had the Hornets with that right. big B. You had the Raptors with their big dinosaur it was that time in the 90s and their court was going to have green and purple all over it it was absolutely bonkers it's something where if they did this now and they brought up these exact same uniforms people would explode with how cool it is like they would absolutely die i still can't get over swamp dragon like (laughs) i like dragon is fine what i was talking about before it's like okay what is something that is like kind of ferocious and kind of cool and we can put on your uniforms are like dragon. It's an evocative image. Like people knows what a dragon looks like, but a swamp dragon's not a real thing. Exactly. It's not at all, but it kind of makes it cooler. Like my initial reaction to dragon is like, eh, it's one of those names where the animal is too scary and mythical where it doesn't seem like it fits. But then when you put swamp in front of it, it instantly becomes so obnoxious that it comes back around and is the coolest thing ever. But no other team you know, any of the major sports are called the dragons. And they so shouldn't like be, because I think it's a dumb name. I disagree. Dragons I think it is, is not like, a dumb I think, name. I think it's like the first team that's in a create. It's like the first option for a team name in a create a team in a video game. And I yeah. think it's lame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got Yeah, you got me on that one. <laughs> and that is my contribution for this episode's That Actually Happened, because that actually happened. That's crazy. I can't believe that actually happened. Yeah, really nuts. So, Eric, that's going to wrap it up for this initial episode of Horse. You can find us on our website, which is horsehoops.com. You can find us on social media. Twitter is at horse underscore hoops, and Instagram is horse hoops, as well as Facebook. You can check us out there. We're going to be sharing some funny stuff about the NBA, answering any questions and stuff you guys have. But if you want to subscribe to the podcast, we would love that. We're going to be on all of your major podcasting apps, and you can find us wherever you listen to your podcasts. We are a part of the Multitude Collective, awesome people who are making awesome audio for your ears. The other shows on the Multitude Collective are Spirits, Join the Party, Potterless, and Waystation. You can find us on the internet at multitude.productions. I am the host and one of the producers of Join the Party, and Mike is the host and producer of Potterless. So go Mm -hmm. check us out. Yeah, it's a fun time. Well, listeners, thank you so much for listening. Eric, thank you for being on here. No, Michael, thank you. (laughs) Now, Mike, here's the thing. We did not discuss how we're going to end this podcast. Oh, we didn't. We didn't. Oh, I've got it. Okay, so normally this would be used to start something, but I do think it's very fun. You know how in basketball and in other sports, the team will all kind of put their hand in the middle (laughs) and, and then say like, they'll do one, two, three, and then say a thing. Oh, yeah. Like, I think we should wildcats. Exactly. We should do that, but then okay. we'll change it every episode. Okay. How does, okay. So this time we'll, give, we'll put our hands in the middle and say okay. one, two, three, but on the count of three, we'll say four. All right. I got it. <laughs> okay. So one, two, three, four. four.